Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it. So how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Hello and happy to have you back. Today is the Saturday after the inauguration. It is January 23rd of 2021. And I say that because I wanted to talk about the inaugural address that President Biden gave on Wednesday. And as a peace builder, I saw that and I was, I felt a call to action that this is our time to make our country live up to the ideals that are set forth in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution. I know this is getting, you know, these past few weeks of the podcast have been political. I understand that. And, but it's kind of like, this is the soup that we're all swimming in or the the pond that we're all swimming in. I, as you know, I wasn't a, a supporter of Trump at all. Just the the vitriol that his agenda spoke from the very beginning of divisiveness and pitting people against each other. To me, like that comes first before any policy, before anything else, is how you treat those that you don't agree with. So, you know, that's why I, you know, was really t- impressed with Joe Biden's call to be a president for all people, for even those that did not vote for him. I think that is a sign of true leadership. And also, you know, with the past few weeks, you know, they, you know, I think it was, I forget what newspaper it was, but one of them said, you know, the three Wednesdays in January, you know, first was the insurrection. The next Wednesday was the impeachment. The third Wednesday is the inauguration. You know, we really saw what, if we ignore what's going on in our leadership, that things can go really, really wrong. And all of a sudden we wake up and we have division. We have insurrection in our, in our country you know, four years of Trump is not, you know, it didn't start four years ago. This was something that started a long, long time ago. So what are those, what were those precursors that led to Trump and then led to the insurrection? You know, that's not a question that I'm going to answer in this, this podcast, this episode, you know, we can flush that out as we move forward with this. But 
there's a, an article, and I'm going to put this in the show notes, in the New York Times, and I believe it's from today, I believe, or it could be from yesterday. But the article is called Democrats, Here's How to Lose in 2020 and Deserve It. So the one thing that they say in this article is that the Democrats have two years to ensure that Trumpism doesn't come back again. So we have two years to to get some really good work done. And I want to just read some of the points and quotes from the inaugural address that really stood out for me. And it was a very it was right at the beginning when President Biden said, this is an American story that depends not on any one of us, not on some of us, but on all of us, on we the people who seek a more perfect union. And now, and I realize that, you know, a lot of the insurrectionists are saying the same thing. You know, we love our country. You're stealing this country. Saying that there's people stealing our country away from us. And there was a post on, you know, I saw going around in my Facebook feed that says, you know, sometimes you don't know whether you're on the right side of something. You know, am I on the right side of history? Am I, am I on the right side of this argument? And the one thing this is, it was saying that I know I'm on the right side because I'm not standing next to Nazis. I'm not standing next, next to white supremacists. I'm not standing next to people that are anti-Semites and wanting to, you know, saying that the Holocaust didn't go far enough. They're not on my side. So therefore I know I'm on the right side. You know, and that's that's kind of the lowest denominator that you can get, right? It's it's clear as day and black and white, right there. You know, if if you're standing with Nazis, if you're standing with with anti Semites, if you're standing with people that look down on other people for whatever reason, you're not on the right side. Sorry about that, but we need to find out why these people feel that way because if we if we don't if we push them back under the rug back under the rock they're just going to fester again they're going to the and i'm i'm sounding really harsh right now not very peaceful but just we we need to have like clear out the wounds we have to clear out the fear because i th- really believe that these people that feel that way, saying that, you know, that they're standing with these types of people, there's, there's a fear behind it, right? There's some kind of fear, whether they, they don't want the browning of America or they, they don't want their jobs taken away. There's a fear. So how can we, as peace builders, reach out a hand and say, there is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear because we're all going to get a seat at the table. That's all of us. And I know that there's, there's fringe groups on the far right and the far left that would disagree with that. 
And I, I get that, but it's the, the majority of the people that are able to have a conversation that I'm talking to. And that I think that we can reach out to. A few more quotes that really stood out for me. There's a lot of work to be done. There's much to restore. There's much to build and also much to gain. That we have an opportunity now to set aside this because history is watching us. I remember being in a meditation, like an all-day thing on the environment a number of years ago. And they talked about how like it was a meditation. And I won't go into the meditation because you might be driving or you might be doing something that you can't get into a meditative state. But what they did was they walked us through that we were we were transported into the future, many generations. And we were sitting around a campfire. So I was sitting around a campfire with my great, great, great grandchildren. And they were asking me, what did you do, grandmom, when the times were changing? What did you do to help us? What did you work on? How did you ensure that we were going to be here? And that still, I mean, I think that was probably close to 20 years ago, maybe 18, I don't know how long ago that meditation was, but it stuck out in my head because it's like, what would I tell my great, great, great grandchildren how I helped them be able to be born, be able to prosper, be able to. And that's the whole thing with the indigenous people with the the seven generations It's not what you do for today. It's what you do for seven generations in the future. So what are we going to do today? That's not only going to be for the next two years, but for the generations in the future that will look back on us and say they did the right thing. They did the hard work. They got us back to where we need to be, where we're in the trajectory for peace and for justice and for the good of all the highest and good, the highest and best for all concerned. President Biden also talked about the dream of justice that can no longer be denied and justice that isn't covered over. It isn't whitewashed. We need justice for everyone. So we we need racial justice. We need justice for the LGBTQ plus communities. We need justice for women. We need justice for so many minority groups. We need that justice. And the one of the other quotes that he talked about was that when Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, when Lincoln was given the speech, he said, my whole soul is in this. And Biden said, too, that his whole soul was in this, to bring our people together. And I wanted to let you know that my whole soul was in this, that this is my clarion call. This this next two years is going to be how can I amplify peace and love? How can I use this platform? How can we, how can you help this cause? Because we need 
as many people working for the highest and best of all concerned to join up and to do the work. Because I really believe that this these two years are going to help the trajectory of our country. Another thing that President Biden said that this is our historic moment of crisis and challenge and unity is our only path forward. So unity, that means that means yes, we have to come together, we have to sit at the table and we have to talk to those people that don't think like us, that don't they have different ways of doing something. I believe that we all have the same outcome in mind. You know, we all want a safe country. We all want a place that our children are safe, that our children are fed and clothed, and that we all have a a respect and freedom and we can live in with dignity. So we just have different ways of getting there. We have different ways of showing up. But I really do believe that there's more more things that we have in common than we have differences. I'm going to, in the future, in the next episodes, I'm going to be bringing in people to talk about racial justice, to talk about transgender justice, to, to talk about all these different things, because you can't have peace if you have injustice. It's, it's the ability to come together and talk and listen, listen more than talk, right? Be able to be heard, be able to be seen, but also to see and also to hear and listen because we all need, whether you're left or right or conservative or liberal or Christian or Muslim or Jewish or atheist, whatever it is, whatever labels you put on yourself, they're just labels. They're just labels. And we got to look at where those labels come from. So, you know, another thing that he talked about was that this is a time for boldness, right? If you have two years to make changes and you have a lot of changes to make, you're going to, we need to step up. We need to, to get out there and do the work. So he said, there's, this is a time for boldness for there is so much to do. And that's true. There's so much to do. So this is going to be a short episode, but I, I want to talk about this call to action because, you know, I've been thinking about this and thinking about this and thinking about it. And I think it's time now. When I read the letter from a Birmingham jail, when Martin Luther King was talking about how they did that soul reflection or that cleansing, I forget the exact words that he used, but he, that deep, deep look inside themselves. They could do the work of nonviolent demonstration where they could sit at a lunch counter and be harassed and call names and hit and where they didn't take, the demonstrators didn't take that on, right? So in the course of this podcast, we've talked about how self-love begets inner peace Inner peace begets world peace. Therefore, self-love begets world peace. And I really do 
I, I know that that is the path, right? The more people that love themselves fully and wholly and with just complete and total acceptance of themselves, right? Have the ability to take whatever it is that people say to them or talk about them or whatever it is. They have the ability to, to stand in their own presence, their own self-love, and not be affected by something that's coming at them, right? So, you know, it, this is a whole work in progress for all of us. But I, I put together a class that's an online class. It's called Embodying Peace. And this is... 20 years of learning and growing and things that I have used in my own journey, different techniques, different tools, different ways of being, of looking at things. And, and like I said, I'm not the Dalai Lama. I'm not, I'm not ascribing to that at all. I've been very vulnerable on this podcast. So I, I've, I've messed up in times, but when I do, I'm able to use these techniques that are in this course to get myself back to a place of center, a place of self-love where I'm more resilient and more in touch and in tune with myself. So these, this course is embodying peace course is, is relatively new. But these are modules that are designed to be very, you know, short and sweet. And you do, you listen to it, you watch it, and you do the little bit of work around it. And you, it's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of self-awareness. It's broken up right now into two phases. There's going to be more phases coming out in the future. But right now there's two phases. The first phase is to talk about what it is you want. So we want self-acceptance. We want self-love. We want peace. We want inner peace. We want access to inner peace. And also talking about then what gets in the way of that. What gets in the way of these, of your desires, of, you know, all these hidden things, these triggers and limiting beliefs. And, and then the second phase is, you know, all these techniques are put into different of time, you know, whether you have 10 minutes, five minutes, 30 minutes, or it's something that you have been dealing with and that you want to have like a, a longer kind of prep time. Okay. So the first two phases of this are to help you clear out, number one, become aware of what your limiting beliefs are, what you, what is holding you back from accessing inner peace. The second one is to rewire your brain. And because, you know, there's all the science around neuroplasticity where we can literally change our brains. So what these, these techniques and tools are all pulling from mindfulness and from from liquid language, from nonviolent communications, from the success principles with Jack Canfield, and also 
there will be live calls, live Zoom calls, probably every two weeks, every, I'm looking at every Wednesday night, fourth Friday, Wednesday, but doing heart math techniques live in, on the Zoom call. So it's going to be really interactive. There's going to be a, a lot of learning, a lot of things that we can, you can come to me directly and hey, you know, say, hey, I've been, I have this situation going on at work. How can I, how can I handle this? And so the live calls are, are going to be the, the techniques live and then like a question and answer or, you know, a brainstorming session for people that have issues going on. So all that being said is that once somebody goes through those first two phases, then I really want to create, I think this is so awesome. I, I want to create a peace and love amplifier squad, you know, people to be out there. I don't know what the name of it's going to be yet. Squad or force or, you know, whatever it is. It's still kind of in process of that, but it's all stemming from this inaugurational speech that, you know, this two years, like, could you imagine, you know, we have this as Martin Luther King, if I could be so bold and there's a lot of self-doubt going on in my head, like, how can I be this bold? But to be like those nonviolent demonstrators back in the civil rights era, when they were sitting at at lunch counters and on buses, how can we stand in our own peace, in our own self-love and amplify that out to, you know, if there's a parade or if there's something going on, a concert, God forbid there's a concert, you know, or some kind of group togetherness sometime after this COVID crisis is over. But you know, just to even go into the store where there's going to be t-shirts and there's going to be decals for your car and that I'm a peace and love amplifier, that I really think that the more people that we get to do this, the more we're, we're going to shift, you know, and it was, I don't know if, if you felt it, but after hearing Biden's speech, it was like a something shifted, something, there was so much hope for me, for that I felt. And I, and I see from, you know, other people on my Facebook feed that they felt the same way, that there was a shift that happened, that this is what we almost lost. We almost lost this, this democracy, this government, this country. We almost lost it seriously. And how can we ensure that we don't lose it again? Because, and not to talk from fear, but we need to ensure that we are encompassing everyone. We are helping people not to be fearful. So I'm going to put a link to the Embodying Peace course. And you know, right now the season for nonviolence, for peace and nonviolence is, is going on. There's a lot of work going on right now, but I really think that this is the time 
for this course to come out. And I would be honored if you would join me. I would be truly honored. And let's see where what, what we can do. You know, let's see where we can take this. And, you know, we can all come together in a way that we can ensure that we're all at that table. All of us. All right. Check it out and we'll get started. All right. Love you all. Let's, let's make this a community that we can really make a difference. All right. Take care. Have a wonderful day and I'll see you next week. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.